I think I'm going to start at Psalm 118. Two weeks ago, I brought a word, was it two weeks ago? On the time. Some time ago. I brought a word on time. Today is the day of salvation. Okay? Was it two weeks ago? So, um, I'm going to start in Psalm 118. And recap a little bit. And, uh, and then add something there. So I trust that this word will bless all of us. I, I trust that God is uh, speaking today in this, in this service. So uh, this is the Holy Word of God, and it's inspired by the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit will move upon us so that we can hear the Word of the Lord, and we will hear and we will bear good fruit in Jesus' name. All right. So... Psalm 118 says, where shall we start? Verse 16 says, The right hand of the Lord is exalted. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly and achieves strength. So we know the right hand of the Lord is God's power being exercised. Uh, Who has believed our report and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed. Isaiah 53. And the power of God is revealed. It achieves strength through that thing, that day that the Lord has created, that moment which has been prophesied through ages and generations, he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities, the seismic of our peace was upon him by his stripes we were healed. So that was the power of God revealed, the cross of Jesus, the Lamb of God slain for the sin of the world. That was the one thing that Jesus did which was so powerful that could save the whole world from sin and death. So if we are simply persuaded of the message, we are free. That's how much power that one action had. Okay, so it cost him everything. He gave up his life, right? He says, the, Lord, the right hand of the Lord is exalted. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly and achieves strength. I shall not die, but live and shall declare the works and recount the illustrious acts of the Lord. A lot to say about that. Okay. The Lord has chastened me sorely, Jesus hanging on the cross. But he has not given me over to death, the resurrection. Open to me the temple gates of righteousness. I will enter through them and I will confess and praise the Lord. Okay, the gates opened. Jesus says, John 10 verse 10, I am the door. Uh, if you, you, the sheep can come in and go out freely, okay? So Jesus is the door. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 19 and 20 says, He has opened for us a fresh new living way through the power of the blood of Jesus, through the separating curtain, that is through his flesh. Again, the crucified Christ. Okay, so the the open gates of righteousness is Jesus hanging on the cross. So he says, this is the gate of the Lord. The uncompromisingly righteous shall enter through it. So how do we enter into the secret place? We enter in through the open gate. Okay? So, uh, Revelation chapter 4, and I, I turned around and I saw a door standing open in heaven. So what's the door standing open? It's the veil that was rent. It's the lamb that was slain. So he says, I will confess, praise, and give thanks to you, for you have heard and answered me, and you have become my salvation and deliverer. The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. I just want to see if I can get this thing closer to my mouth. 
Okay. This is from the Lord and is his doing. It's marvelous in our eyes. This is the day which the Lord has brought about. We will rejoice and be glad in it. So there's a day that was prophesied. And we looked at it. I'm not going to preach the whole thing again. But Zephaniah chapter 3 says, Sing, O daughter of Zion, and shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Quoting it wrong. In that day, it shall be said, The Lord is in the midst of you, a mighty one, a Savior who saves. He will rejoice over you with joy. And in His love for you, He will rest in, in silent satisfaction. And he will make no mention of past sins. Okay, so the sin question answered with finality. And He embraces you. And the original says, it's like, the word is like jumping up and twirling around. Okay, rejoices over you with joy. So He thinks of you and He rejoices. And He sings your name over you. Okay. He rests in silent satisfaction, no mentioning of sin. Okay? Because the blood is enough. Okay? In that day. In that day. So how many scriptures in the old? In that day. In that day. In that day. Okay. So, I mean, Jeremiah. So, uh, there will be a day. In, I will... Uh, Bring a new covenant in those days, in that time. And it shall not be like the old covenant, wherein I withdrew my favor because of their disobedience. It will not be like that one. But I will bring a new covenant in that time, in those days. Okay, so there's, there's a fullness of time prophesied. There's a, there's a moment designated prophesied. Okay? So, Hebrews chapter 9 says, It is appointed for men once to die. But I think it's Psalm 102. Let me just check again. That says, When the Lord builds up Zion, He will appear in His glory. He will regard the plea of the destitute and will not despise their prayer. Let this be recorded for the generation yet unborn that a people yet to be created shall praise the Lord. For he looked down from the height of his sanctuary and from the heaven that the Lord behold the earth to hear the sighing, the groaning of the prisoner to loose those who are appointed to death. So your appointment to death was canceled. But that cancellation of the appointment is, is for a specific time. Now that time, 2 Corinthians chapter 6. I'm just... Touching here and there on that sermon to just try and get the concept over so, so that I can say what I need to say today. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 says, Laboring together as God's fellow workers with Him then, we beg of you not to receive the grace of God in vain. That merciful kindness by which God exerts His holy influence on souls and turns them to Christ keeping and strengthening them, do not receive it to no purpose. For he says, in the time of favor, I have listened and heeded your call. Sounds a lot like Psalm 102 and Psalm 118. And I have helped you on the day of deliverance, the day of salvation. Now he says, behold, now is truly the time for a gracious welcome and acceptance of you from God. Behold, now is the day of salvation. 
So, still recapping. Okay. Moses writes in Psalm 91, says, Those who dwell in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I shall say of the Lord, He is my God and my refuge. In Him will I trust. Okay? He's my shield and my buckler. A thousand will fall at my side. Ten thousand at my right hand. It shall not come near me. So there's a place spoken of. And that place is a spiritual place. So it was demonstrated. It was a, there was a parable or, a, or an action or a figure that was acted out in the tabernacle, the outer court, the inner court, and the holy place behind the veil. And that was to get some kind of reference for understanding of what's going to happen in the spirit after the cross. So there's a place outside of God. We kind of loosely know there's something like that. Then there's a holy place where people start to be, you know, draw a little bit closer to God and start to know Him. But then there's the Holy of Holies, where people move away from this world entirely in their awareness, and they go beyond the veil. They go through a separation that you can only go through by faith in the cross of Jesus. And you find yourself in a spiritual place where you are aware of His presence. Okay? Right. The secret place. Now, that is a, a place, and in that place, there is a time. John chapter 4, Jesus said to the woman at the well, the woman from Samaria, He said, a time is coming and is now here. Where those who worship Him will worship Him neither, speaking of place, on the mountain or in the city. But God is looking for worshipers. God is spirit. He's looking for worshipers that will worship Him in spirit and in truth. So the place is in spirit. The time is coming is already here. Okay, so now the time designated to uh, bring this revelation, to give access, has now come. That's the cross. Now we can step from natural linear time into the eternal time system by stepping into that place. So here we are in a natural place, natural time. Natural place with natural limitations, natural time with natural limitations. But when you step into the secret place, we step into a spiritual place and a spiritual time, which is eternal. Okay? Natural life, temporary, limited. All flesh is like grass. The flower of grass fades and drops off. But the word of the Lord endures forever. And this word is the gospel that was preached to you. First Peter chapter 1. Okay, and then can I give you a little for even Robert to help with any Okay, okay, thanks. <laughs> All right, so you're sitting like this. Maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm not saying something that he likes. 
Anders allemaal sommer niet jullie wel afgespeeld, ik zal laten. Thanks. Oké. Okay. Just before, you know, even Roberts has a heart attack or something. Okay. If you don't know, we've got pictures of all these people on the back and the one was falling off, okay. So, time and place. There's a spiritual place and that place is not geographical. There's a spiritual time and that time is not on a date and time scale. Right. So, there's a temporary word and there's an eternal word. The temporary word is the law of Moses. It was intended to be in effect until the seed should come. Did the seed come? Yes, Galatians 3 is clear. So, there's an eternal word that was given even before, the promise was given before the law came. So, that should remain forever. And that word is the gospel of Jesus Christ. The message of the cross of Jesus. The mystery that was kept a, uh, uh, hidden throughout ages and generations. For a generation yet unborn. Okay? Uh, has now been revealed to the saints. Which is Christ. The spirit. The anointing. In us. The hope of glory. So how does hope work? Romans 8 says, No one hopes for what he sees, but for what is yet unseen. Because how can you hope for what you already see? So Hebrews 11 says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, and the evidence of things not seen. And then it says in Amplified in brackets, Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. So you see through the word into a different realm and you have a concept of something that doesn't exist here that word is eternal and that thing that you see is eternal and if you have faith in that thing that eternal thing manifests here and changes what is here okay which means whatever is bothering you in your circumstances is temporary and if the word in the spirit comes to it it will be changed to the result of the spirit so that means if you are sick, lay hands, you'll be healed. And faith will bring that healing to pass. It will bring, make the eternal life manifested. She said it, fight the good fight of faith, lay hold of eternal life. So faith brings the eternal life that is a hope, and it makes it real. Faith in what? Faith in the eternal word, not the temporary word. The temporary word, all flesh is like grass. The flower of the grass falls off. The flower of the grass is the glory of man. Second Corinthians 3. The glory in the face of Moses was to fade and pass away. But the glory in the face of Jesus is ever increasing and abiding. Two words, temporary, eternal. Okay. So more or less kind of what we're talking about, a place a time in the spirit, which is different from place and a time in the natural. You with me? Okay. So this is kind of the mind frame. Let, let's start. Okay. So let's start here. I think this is, if you wonder where to start, go to John 1. <laughs> 
So it connects with everything. You can just start and so on. <laughs> okay. So we're talking now about the eternal word, which is the spirit, which is the person, Christ. Right. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God and the word was God. He was present originally with God. All things were made and came into existence through him. Without him was not even one thing. Uh, without him was not even one thing made that has come into being. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. So in the beginning, the word was already there. But if you read Genesis, says there was just like darkness over the waters, and the spirit hovered. Over the waters. And God said. Which must mean that the word is the spirit speaking. So the spirit has to speak in a when. And that when is the day of salvation. When the spirit speaks, it's an eternal word. And God Spoke. So the eternal word in an eternal time and in an eternal place started piercing through the darkness into this touch feel see realm. And the word just came through. Let there be light. And there was light. So do you have the spirit? So what circumstances do you have? And what's coming out of your mouth? Okay? Let there be light. And there was light. How long did it take since the Spirit spoke and the thing happened? It was swift. It was quickly. Okay? Right. So the Word. In Him was life. The life was the light. He came with... 11, to that which belonged to him, they who were his own did not receive him, the word, the message. Did not welcome him. They preferred the temporary word to the eternal word. The word that faded into darkness rather than the word that was light. Okay? But to as many as did receive him, the word, he gave the authority, power, privilege, right to become children of God, to those who believe on his name. So you're born again. It says, Who owe their birth neither to bloods nor to the will of the flesh, to, that of, to the will of man that have a natural father, but to God. They are born of God. Okay. So they're born of the word which is eternal. So you have something eternal inside of you if you're born again. You have the spirit in you, and the spirit speaking is the word. You're born of the word. Verse 14, And the word became flesh, and tabernacled among us, and we actually saw his glory, such glory as an only begotten receives from his Father, full of grace and truth. The Word became flesh. The eternal Spirit of God became visible in the natural realm and showed the glory here. Okay, great is the mystery of godliness, 1 Timothy 3, verse 16. 
was made visible, seen by the angels. They're like, wow. Okay? Preached in the world, believed on, taken up into glory. Okay. John chapter 3. Okay, do I still have you? Verse 16. For God so greatly loved and dearly prized the world. Okay, so now he made the world. Everything was made through him. He warned them, don't eat of this temporary word, which was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. They ate the temporary manifested in the earth. Temporary leads to death. Does it make sense? So he came into the temporary, took the death upon himself to reinstitute the eternal. You with me? Or is it... Okay, you with me? Okay. Now, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So that whoever believes on him shall not perish, but have eternal life. I shall not die, but live and declare the illustrious acts of the Lord. For God did not send the Son into the world in order to judge the world, but that the world might find salvation and be made safe and sound through Him. So He gave His Son. He sent His Son. Afrikaans says sent. Okay? What the world so lief gehad is, die enige So he sent his son. He gave his son. He didn't send him to judge, but to bring salvation. He who believes in him is not judged. He who trusts in him never comes up for judgment. For him there is no rejection, no condemnation. But he who does not believe is judged already. He has already been convicted because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son. The basis of the judgment lies in this. That light, the word has come into the world, world and people have loved the darkness, temporary word that ended in darkness, the law, rather and more than the light for their works were evil. Every wrongdoer hates the light, will not come out into the light, but shrinks from it lest his works be exposed and reproved. But he who practices truth comes into the light so that his works may be plainly shown to be from God's help, wrought with God, divinely prompted, done in dependence on him, upon him. So, The word was sent in human form. The word became flesh and dwelt among us and we saw the glory. But people embraced a different word and people don't like change. And they only understood in this paradigm of death. They only understood in this paradigm of accusation, judgment, right and wrong. And here comes the eternal word that was before this came in. And the eternal word says, if you believe me, I am a message. If you believe me, you don't have to die. You don't have to perish. You don't have to be temporary. You don't have to be natural. But there's a greater hope in this word. There's a light in this word. If you take the light, the light will drive out the darkness and you'll be saved. 
because you're in a temporary situation here. So if you remain with this temporary word, you will get to the end of the temporary. <laughs> you will get to the end of that time. So the whole point is, God sent His Son to manifest a way for us out of limited life into unlimited life. Out of a life that is maybe just parenthesis, you're just a part of a sentence, to stepping into the Word. The law was instituted and it was fulfilled. The law is not the big picture. The law was added because of transgression. Galatians chapter 3. And it was fulfilled. Adam brought death into the world through transgression. Much more surely will those who receive the... uh, Abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign as kings in life. Okay. So he sent his son, donkey. He sent his son. Okay. Let's go to... Let's go to Psalm 107. So his son is the word that was made flesh. All right? So he says, Psalm 107 verse 20, he sends forth his word and heals them, and rescues them from the pit and destruction. Okay. What will rescue you from your situation? His word. He sent his word. So if he sends his word, how is it going to come to you? By someone speaking it to you, and you hearing it, and you Believing what you hear. Faith comes by hearing. He's sending forth his eternal word to you right now. So what's the, what's the temporary situation? People insist on meditating on it and speaking about it. No, but you don't know what happened to me this week. No, 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 no. Yes, but you know, God allows these situations. And God, you know, this and this, and God, this and this. and Or, you know, I'm attacked, or this, the whole world is conspiring against me. Adam messed up. This is my view. You're welcome to have your view. Adam messed up. He brought death into the world. Death is in the world. Things happen at random. God's got nothing to do with it. I don't even think the devil has anything to do with it. Adam brought it into the world. I think the devil's getting too much credit. And he's disarmed and defeated. So, But, you know, some days you might be forgiven for being tempted to think that these things are orchestrated against you and only you. <laughs> I mentioned, I think I mentioned it last week as well. You know, try to be nice, to put the nicer car chair 
little children seat into the car. It caused the chain reaction, everything falling over like dominoes and something falling through the window. Now I have to call someone to go from fix the window. So then I realized, no, but the kids took out the polystyrene. This thing is broken. I've got to throw it away. When I tried to put the other car seat back in, the dogs bit a piece of it <laughs> in the garage, put it in. Okay, now I'm an hour and a half late. Drive, get someone. That takes a lot of time as well. Drive, someone smashes into the back of my car. <laughs> All in one day, and it's like... And none of it has got anything to do with God. It's just stuff that happens. It's not a spiritual attack. It's not the devil trying to get to me. It's someone that didn't stop in time. It's an easy fix, maxi cozy base that fell over and broke my window. It's just, it's got nothing to do with God. When stuff happens, what do you confess? Okay, what's coming out of your mouth? Because you are sending a word. You are, you are shaping your future. You are saying things. You have authority for things to happen. You are creating the spiritual atmosphere within which your future is going to play out. So if we're going to keep on speaking temporary, then temporary is what we're going to get. But if we're going to keep on speaking eternal, then eternal is what we're going to get. So what word are we sending forth? What word are we partnering with to use Bethel's type of speaking? Okay. What word are we, or they also say championing. Champion. It's good. It's a good word. I like it. What word are we, it's, it's coming out of our mouth when the popo hits the back of your car. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Luckily, there was someone else in the car with me, so I had to hold my tongue. <laughs> but <laughs> okay. I'm just sharing this because, you know, everyone has stuff. And sometimes you just, you're just not in the mood for it. He sent his word to heal them. Psalm 147. Now I want you to think him, his word, the secret place, abiding in the spirit, abiding in the word, John 15. Now he says, 100, Psalm 147 verse 15. He sends forth his commandment to the earth. His word runs very swiftly. He gives to the earth snow like a blanket of wool. He scatters the hoarfrost like ashes. He casts forth his ice like crumbs. Who can stand before his, who can stand before his cold? He sends out his word and melts ice and snow. He causes his wind to blow and the waters flow. He declares his word to Jacob, his statutes and his ordinances to Israel. Okay. So his word runs very swiftly. 
Okay. So this is what I'm trying to get to. The time of your restoration, the time of your day of salvation, will break forth swiftly. The manifestation will come swiftly. The deeper you go into the secret place. You want the acceleration to come? Take a steeper step. A step a little bit further away from natural time thinking. And step a little bit deeper into His Word. What is His Word saying? Meditate on it day and night and then say it. Okay? So, yes, but it's taking too long. Hebrews chapter 10 says, you are in need of patience. But don't forget that you are in need of patience so that you can receive and carry away and enjoy to the full everything that is promised, right? Does anyone sigh when you hear the word patience? Why? Because you got the wrong time system connected to it. Patience is a fruit of the Spirit. And the Spirit is eternal. Patience is not me having to wait in an uncomfortable situation for a long time until God's time miraculously appears. That's not patience. Patience is surrendering to the Spirit, not trying to expedite it in the natural, but leaving it alone, stepping it into the Spirit, and letting the Spirit take control of you. And out of that comes fruit, which accelerates the outcome. So patience is a fruit of the Spirit. And if the Spirit is in operation... The patience causes you to receive and carry away and enjoy to the full what is promised. So generally, things that are promised is called a hope. Because you don't see it in the natural yet. So how do you get the hope into your driveway? (laughs) I'm still hoping for that M5. I can see it. Okay. <laughs> Not the CS, it's got this weird bucket seats at the back. I like the normal one better. Okay. You can watch my YouTube feed. I love it. I like those. I have a hope for a land cruiser, man. I like I like those things. Okay? But before we get caught up with those things, do you know that Christ in you is the hope of glory? Do you know everything that's promised in the word? Ask of me the nations and I will give it to you for your inheritance. What is your inheritance? It's everything in God, everything that he has. But it feels so far off that we're not even hoping for it. It's... 
the only thing that our brains can come up with to make sense of it is one day in heaven. But he says, if you have patience, you will receive what is promised. Not then, now. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things unseen. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. So you see in the word a promise. That promise by patience, with other words, trusting Him. you stepping into a place and a time called spirit. Worshipping Him in spirit, not in the city, Jerusalem. Not on the mountain. Not at this church or that church. In spirit yeah. and in truth. Drinking of the waters of the Spirit and letting it well up in you so that the river can flow. In other words, you're drinking in this word which flows, Revelation chapter 22, out of the throne and out of the Lamb. The, the Spirit word is flowing out of the throne, out of the Lamb that was slain. With other words, you're drinking in the gospel. And it's welling up in you. I'm putting John 4, John 7, Revelation 22 together. And it's welling up in you and flowing out of you. So what are you drinking in? What are you meditating on? What are you aware of? If you're aware of the things unseen, you will have hope. If you have hope, your faith will have power. Your faith will just be a random action only seen on earth if there's no hope if there's no connection with what's in the unseen if you drink in that word and you see what the spirit shows you and act on that it manifests it then the time between seeing and receiving it here is expedited word that you gave a year ago you gave a word a year ago God is Bring fast tracking. Expediting. This is now a year ago. Okay. God is fast tracking. Promises, words. How is he going to fast track it? How is the word going to run swiftly? I woke, just woke up with this thing. With swiftly. And it's going it's to quickly. But it's not just going to be quickly. Now people are watching the calendar. How quickly is it going to be? And then in three months' time, they say it's not quickly. Yes, but where were you in the three months? Because three months in the secret place makes the word over your life to run swiftly. But three minutes in the secret place made a little bit of the word run a little bit swiftly. I hope you're getting what I'm saying. It's a relational thing. It's not a one-size-fits-all statement. God pulling his puppet strings from heaven, and now it's going to... 
No, where are you? What word is in your heart? What word is on your lips? What are you confessing? And where are you in your awareness? Are you in the natural, the temporary, the tree of knowledge? Or are you in the eternal, the supernatural, in the power of God, in the secret place? Okay. So this is just a statement. That the deeper you go, the quicker it comes. The deeper you go, the quicker it comes. If you give a word, the deeper you go, the quicker it comes. If you receive a word, the deeper you go with that word, the quicker it will come to pass. It's not trying to get the word to work in the natural. You're stepping into a place called spirit, engaging with God. Okay. He says, James chapter 4, verse 8, draw near to God. And he will draw near to you. Do you want his word to work for you? Draw near to God. No, but how can you say you must draw near to God? God is already inside of you. How can you say you're preaching a separation gospel? At least I'm actually preaching the gospel. At least what I'm saying is here. Is here. That was unnecessary. Okay. <laughs> All I'm saying is, if you draw near, he will draw near. Yeah. Why am I saying it? Because James 4 verse 8 says it. Let the wicked forsake his way. Isaiah 55 for those who don't know. And the unrighteous... His thoughts. Are you righteous or are you unrighteous? I'm righteous. That means you have forsaken some thoughts. What are the, where does those thoughts come from? Maybe it's the temporary of nature. Maybe it's natural stuff. Do you want to manifest, last week's word, fruit of righteousness? Then forsake the thoughts of the wicked. Let the wicked forsake his way on the righteous man his thoughts and let him return to the Lord. And he will have love, pity, and mercy on him. And to our God. And he will multiply to him his abundant pardon. For as the rain comes down, Oh, the son came unto his own, but his own received him not. He came. The word came. The word that was sent. As the rain comes down from heaven and the snow and does not return there again until it produces what it was sent for. So shall my word be. So he came. It shall accomplish that for which it was sent. It shall not return to me void. It shall accomplish. His word, 
He sends forth his commandment to the earth. His word runs very swiftly. Was he sent? Okay. He became flesh. He did everything. So that he could pour out his spirit. One place, one accord. So now here comes the spirit. And they receive. And Peter stands up. And he starts preaching. And the gospel goes out. 3,000 saved. This word needs to be preached all over the world. Luke 24. And that forgiveness, repentance and forgiveness of sins be preached all over the world. So the word is sent. He came, he accomplished. Now what he accomplished is sent through the church. We need to hear this word. We need to receive this word. So James chapter 1, you hear it me say this all the time. This word is so deep in my heart. It says, Let everyone be quick to listen and slow to speak, slow to take offense and to get angry. For man's anger does not promote the righteousness of God. So man's anger is connected to the temporary word which Paul says in Romans chapter 10 verse 3, they seek to establish a righteousness of their own. Ignorant of God's righteousness. Man's anger does not promote God's righteousness. So if I take offense, I don't care if I'm right or wrong. If I take offense, I'm wrong. Because it's not God's spirit. It's selfishness. It's not love. It's law. It's not love. It's not sacrifice. It's give me. It's demands. Then he says, and in a... So, so get rid of all uncleanness and the rampant outgrowth of wickedness. How do we do that? In a humble, gentle, modest spirit, receive the word, which rooted in your hearts contains the power to save your souls. But be doers of the word. So how are you a doer of the word? says, be a doer of the word, not merely a listener. Betraying themselves into deception by reasoning contrary to the truth. Brackets amplify. So don't betray yourself into deception by seeing the word, hearing it, and then not doing anything. So, this word, this word of faith, this word of righteousness... By faith. In a humble, gentle, modest spirit, receive and be doer of the word. How do I do? I say. Mark Ankin says if your faith cannot move your lips, it will not move your mountain. (laughs) 
What's the other guy? Same crowd with the gray hair. Um, well, most of them have gray hair now. <laughs> What's his name? Um, Keith Moore. Love that guy. He's yeah, he's an awesome guy. If you listen to his stuff, I really love him. He says, if you will say what God says, God will do what you say. I like this, this nice one-liner, two-liner. If you, if, you, if you will say what God says, God will do what you say. Okay, so receive the word, but be a doer of the word. So speak it. Speak the hope revealed to you in the word. Say what you see in the secret place. And keep on saying it. Don't say what you see in the temporary. Say the vision. Make it plain, says Habakkuk. Write it on tablets so everyone hazing by can see it. For in the end it will speak. It will not be behind hand. It will, in its appointed time, in its appointed season, it will speak. What's the appointed season? Now is the day of salvation. Now in the secret place is the day of salvation. After the cross, in the spirit, that's the day of salvation. That's when the vision speaks. So while you're there, just say it. Say what you see. Say what you hear. Say what you see. And don't doubt what you see in the light when you're confronted with the darkness. Keep on saying it. 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 And then everyone thinks you're off your rocker, but you keep on saying it. Will you lose friends? Yes. Mostly they will just... It's okay. It's just right. I still love everyone. I really do. Okay. Where was I going? Hands anger does not promote the righteousness. Okay, be a doer of the word. And then he says, if you look, someone who's a hearer but not a doer, it's like someone who looks into a natural mirror and sees his reflection and then goes off and forgets what it was like. The one who is the doer of the word is the one who looks into the faultless law of liberty. I mean, James 1. Faultless law of liberty. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. Faultless law of liberty. Hebrews 8. God finds fault with the law of Moses by saying, I will bring a new one. And by bringing a new one, he makes the old one obsolete. God finds fault. So the new is the faultless. He says, persevere in looking into it. Not a heedless listener, but an active doer who obeys. He says, he shall be blessed in his doing. Keep on looking. Okay. I wanted to go somewhere. 
Okay, let me just speak. Otherwise, we're just going to take too long. You know the whole story, the word of faith. Deuteronomy chapter 30, Romans chapter 10. Okay? The word of faith says, don't say. The word of faith says, do not say, who shall go to heaven? That's to bring Christ down. Who shall go into the abyss? That's to bring Christ from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your heart, on your lips, the word of faith which we preach. We shall go overseas to get it. Deuteronomy 30. We need to find someone that can do something for us and then that person can tell us what to do and we're fine. He sent his word. His word became flesh and dwelt among us. He came unto his own, but his own received him not. There he is. And we beheld his glory as of the only begotten, full of grace and truth. If we take that word, his word is sent. It melts the snow (laughs) and the river can flow. (laughs) Oh, it's such a simple word. The deeper you go, the more it will flow. The deeper you go, the quicker it will come. Okay? The period between God speaking and you seeing it. Isaiah 58. You will be called repairer of the breach. Restorer of streets to dwelling. So the gap between what God is saying and it happening on the earth, God wants to pull that gap closer. And he's saying, whom shall I send? Who will speak for me? Who will stand up and say? Who will stand up and say what the word says? Okay? Who will meditate on the word? Who will spend time in my presence? Who will come? Who will draw near to me? Because I'm ready to draw near to you. Okay? Uh, what's the other thing that I wanted to say? First John chapter 4 says, uh, If we... Verse 16... We know and believe the, God, the love God cherishes for us. God is love. Those who dwell in love dwells in God and God in them. So do you want God to respond to dwell in you? Dwell in Him. You draw near to Him. Stop waiting for God to do something. He moved. Stop waiting for the next move. He moved. He's seated at the right hand. Waiting for you. Waiting for his enemies to be made a stool beneath his feet. So what's he waiting for? He's asking, who's going to speak something? Who's going to say the way it's supposed to be? Who's going to prophesy? 
Who's going to take the word and say something? Who's going to say what they see the Spirit is showing them? Because the deeper you go and you say what you see, the quicker it's going to come. I'm just keeping on repeating myself because that's what I saw this morning. I would have said something completely different. But, you know, the shower is a weird and wonderful place. God spoke to me. So <laughs> it's like, you know, it's like that waterfall of forgiveness of, of Joseph Prince. He's just standing there. Yeah, the mercy seat. God sends his word. He's sending his word right now. Are we hearing? Are we receiving his word? Thank you, Lord, for your word. Hebrews 4 verse 12, for the word of God that God speaks is alive, full of power, making it active, operative, energizing, effective. So the word that God speaks, okay, so when the Spirit is speaking, are we ready to hear? Because then it's active, full of power, operative, energizing, effective. Effective means it does what it accomplishes. It accomplishes what it's sent out to do. It is sharper than any two-edged sword penetrating to the dividing line of the breath of life and the immortal spirit and of the joints and marrow, the deepest parts of our nature. So you're not going to lie to yourself. <laughs> He's gonna, that word is going through all your nonsense, right to the core. Joints and marrow, deepest parts of our nature, exposing, sifting, analyzing, judging the very thoughts and purposes of the heart. Not a creature exists that is concealed from his sight, but all things are open, exposed, naked, and defenseless to the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Inasmuch then, just listen, listen, listen. This scripture will never be the same if you hear this. Verse 14, most people just gloss over it to get to verse 15. Please listen to this. Inasmuch then as we have a great high priest who has already ascended and passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession of faith in Him. Speak the eternal word. Say what the Spirit is saying. And then it says, for we don't have a high priest who is un unable to understand and sympathize and have a shared feeling with our weaknesses and infirmities, liabilities to the assaults of temptation. But one has been tempted in every respect, yet as we are without sinning. Let us then fearlessly, confidently, boldly draw near to the throne of grace. That we may receive mercy for our failures and find grace to help in good time for every need. Appropriate help, well-timed help, coming just when we need it. You come to the throne of grace as you are. And you receive mercy, which is compassion and forgiveness. So that you can receive grace. What is the grace? It's God's power. What do you do with the grace? It's a confession of faith. Well-timed help. That, well, that timing is as soon as you open your mouth, it's there. As soon as you take the step, it's there. As soon as you take the action, it's there. The link between the, the time God spoke and the, the time something happened is you saying something. Is you not, is hold on to your confession of faith. Spend time, see there, listen to him, and then say it. Do what he says. Do what he shows you. The moment that faith is in action, well-timed help. 
With other words, immediately as faith is applied, it's there. So, he says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And these signs will follow them that believe. Believe what? What they heard him say. One of the signs. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. There's the grace. So you heard something. You received the gospel. You received mercy. Now you go out. These signs will follow me that believe the, the gospel of mercy. Boom. The grace is revealed the moment I lay my hands on the sick. Not later then. So that, that time is fast forwarded by faith. If you can see what's in the secret place, if you can see the promise, you can immediately have it, have it if you have faith. You can manifest the eternal on earth now. Eternal life. The sick is healed, the blind see, the deaf hear. Your words are carrying power when you speak. I hope, I hope something comes through. So, we see the scripture, verse 16, we think, okay, I'm standing in front of the throne of grace. I'm imagining I'm standing in front of the throne of grace now. Hey, the throne is God's exertion of authority. It's the kingdom. What's the kingdom? God, Jesus said the kingdom is inside you. It's the gospel of the kingdom. So it's the word. The throne of grace is the word. It's the spirit speaking. So you come and let God speak to you. Throne of grace. That's the gospel. It's the blood of Jesus. And the throne is authority. So you come to the throne to enter the rest. That's the whole of Hebrews chapter 4. So that you can sit with him, seated with Christ at the right hand of the Father, and speak from your position. The moment you speak, the grace is released. Not a long time. My word runs very swiftly. So what is your situation? Did he not send us the word? Will we not please speak his word over our situation? That's the message. That's all I have to say today. Okay? So your situation is still within your control. You have the authority. You just sit at the feet of Jesus and receive. And then you speak over your situation. He already moved. He already did everything. He already spoke. He already fulfilled everything. He's not going to do anything else. He will do it in you, through you. But you have to move. You have to act. You have to speak. That's receiving grace. Okay. Hebrews chapter 10. Verse 23. So let us... Now, let me read from verse 19. We quoted it, but it makes sense if you read it. It says, Therefore, brethren, since we have full freedom and confidence to enter into the Holy of Holies, secret place, by the power and virtue in the blood of Jesus. So, with other words, you hear and believe the word of the cross of Jesus Christ, and you're in his presence. Secret place. Spiritual place. By this fresh new living way which he initiated, dedicated, opened for us through the separating curtain, that is, through his flesh. 
Jesus hanging on the cross. And since we have such a great, wonderful, noble priest who rules over the house of God, let us all come forward and draw near with true, honest, sincere hearts. For the third time, draw near. Okay? In absolute conviction engendered by faith. Uh, that leaning of the entire human personality in God, absolute confidence in His power, wisdom and goodness. Having our hearts sprinkled and purified from a guilty, evil conscience, that's the mercy. Our bodies cleansed with pure water, so you're forgiven. What happens right after you receive the forgiveness? Verse 23. So let us seize and hold fast and retain without wavering the hope we cherish and confess. And our acknowledgement of it. For he who promised is reliable and faithful to his word. The moment you speak the word which is eternal that lasts forever. It's not the flesh that fades like a flower thinking that song. <laughs> okay, don't worry. Raining like a flower. Okay. Not that. The moment you speak the word, God who promised, God who gave you the hope, God who showed you the vision, is faithful to perform it. So Habakkuk says, I will stand upon my watchtower. Habakkuk chapter 2. And I will see what the Spirit of God says within me. So now he's paying attention. What's the Spirit of God saying? Okay. Let's read it. Hello, Letty and Johannes. It's good to see you there. Bless you. Love you. This Yanni also bless you, Yanni. Hello, Hermine. Hello, Tani Nida. Elsie, bless you. Rob, it's good to see you. Who else is there? Bless you, everybody. Love you. Okay. Where did I say I was going? Did I say? Habakkuk, thanks. Habakkuk. I'm trying to steer towards Joel chapter 2. I'll see if we can go there. I have to. We have to end in Joel chapter 2. Habakkuk chapter 2. Oh, I know I have been rash to talk out plainly this way to God. I will in my thinking stand upon my post of observation and station myself on the tower of uh, the fortress and I will watch to see what he will say within me. And what answer I will make as his mouthpiece to the perplexities of my complaint against him. So now is he going to answer his own complaint by the Spirit of God speaking through him. So even if you've complained to God, God says, just stand and see something, answer your own question, speak. Hey! Have you asked God th something? God says, prophesy your own answer. You've got the word. Can you just stand and give me your attention and see what I show you? Draw near. Okay? Are you hearing something? And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision. 
standing goosebumps all over my body. Write the vision, engrave it so plainly upon tablets that everyone who passes by may be able to read it easily and quickly as he hastens by. They hasten by. All flesh is like grass. All men is, is but a vapor. Okay? What's it? Psalm 103 says, God knows that we are dust. Just Dust is just like... As they hasten by, write it down so they can see it. So as their natural lives just rush by, just make the eternal thing known so people can see it. So people can believe it before they slip away. So he says... For the vision is yet for an appointed time, and it hastens to the end of fulfillment. It will not deceive or disappoint. Though it tarry, wait earnestly for it, because it will surely come. So what did you see in the secret place? What is your hope? Sometimes it's a second, a split second. And it takes you 10 years to figure out what you saw in that second. A glimpse of the eternal. I had a moment like that in 2001. And I saw the rest of my life playing out in front of me. And all my fuses just went. Until today, I'm on that same course that I got in a split second in September 2001. That I have a perfect view of everything now, but I know when it's not it. And I can recognize it when it's it. Though it tarry, wait earnestly for it. So that's why we draw near, so we can see. Wait earnestly for it, because it will surely come. It will not be behind hand on its appointed Oh, man, there's so many scriptures coming. What's it, Ezekiel 12 or 13, where it says, what is this proverb, proverb, 13, 12? What is this proverb in Israel? The days drag on, the visions does not come. 12. I'm looking at him because we had a discussion about it. Twelve, yeah. I'm going to start at verse 22. Son of man, what is this proverb that you have in the land of Israel? See, God is speaking. The days drag on and every vision comes to nothing is not fulfilled. Why do you think that was? Maybe someone didn't draw near. <laughs> Tell them, therefore, thus says the Lord, I will put an end to this proverb. God is speaking. Take it for your life. They shall use it no more as a proverb in Israel. But say to them, the days are at hand and the fulfillment of every vision. For there shall be no more any false, empty, and fruitless vision. Or flattering divination in the house of Israel. I'm close to overflowing with tears. 
For I am the Lord, I will speak. And the word that I shall speak shall be performed. Come to pass. It shall be no more delayed or prolonged. For in your days, a rebellious house, I will speak the word and will perform it, says the Lord. So will we, are we prepared to be his mouthpiece? Are we not the body of Christ? Will we speak his word? If you say what God is saying, he will do what you are saying. Again, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, behold, they of the house of Israel say the vision that Ezekiel sees is for many days to come. And he prophesies of the times that are far off. Therefore say to them, thus says the Lord God, there shall none of my words be deferred anymore, but the word which I have spoken shall be performed, says the Lord. Shall accomplish that to which I sent it. The word runs swiftly. It's a prophetic word. This whole sermon is a prophetic word for the church. Stop saying God is going to shake everything to pieces and everything's going to fall apart and it's going to rapture the church. It's not going to happen. It's not the word of the Lord. God is sending his word. Every promise will be fulfilled. Every promise will be fulfilled. We will see revival, man. You're going to see the sick healed. We're going to see the blind see. We're going to see the dead raised. The deaf ears open up. We're going to see the nations come to Jesus. We're going to see the greatest revival that this world has ever seen. God is not sitting there waiting to see when he can snatch away his church in secret. It's not a true word. Right. There was one last thing I wanted to say. Joe. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus, for reminding me. <laughs> I'm sorry. I hope we can finish before 12. Okay. I'm not sorry. Hmm? I'll have to take longer. I'm sorry. My wife just said the opposite from behind that blue door. <laughs> she wants the word to run a little bit swifter. <laughs> Now, after a while, I talk like this. <laughs> Fear not, O land. Joel chapter 2, 21. Be glad. Rejoice, for the Lord has done great things. Be not afraid, you wild beasts of the field. For the pastures of the wilderness have sprung up and are green. The tree bears its fruit, and the fig tree and the, wild yield, the vine yield their full strength. Habakkuk said, although the fig tree shall not blossom, yet I shall praise God. But he says, it's already here. Time is coming, but it's already here. So Habakkuk says, write down the vision, it shall come. And then he says, the fig tree. But now he says in Joel, speaking of the Spirit, 
speaking of that which Habakkuk said will come, now he says, it's already here. So time is coming, it's already here, where those who worship God will worship Him in spirit. So he says, verse 23, Be glad then, you children of Zion. Rejoice in the Lord your God, for He gives you the former early rain in just measure and in righteousness, and He causes to come down for you the rain, the former rain, and the latter rain as before. As the rain comes down from heaven, return not there again, but accomplishes that for which it was sent, so shall my word be. So it's a former word and it's a latter word. And the threshing floor shall be full of grain. And the vat shall overflow with juice and the grape and oil. So that means when the right rains fall, the overflow will come. The revival will be there when this rain falls. This rain is not only the outpouring of the Spirit. Yes, it is the outpouring of the Spirit. This is that spoken by the prophet Joel. Acts chapter 2. But he also said this is the beginning of that spoken by the prophet Joel. But you have to read it with Isaiah 55. The rain is the word. So you have to put the two together. It's the spirit word. The spirit and the word. So what is God saying? Are we hearing? Are we receiving? And are we saying what God is saying? So he says... Be glad, you children of Zion, rejoice in the Lord your God. For he gives you the former, the early rain in just measure and righteousness. He causes to come down for you the rain, the former rain and the latter rain. The originals, uh, the King James says they're in the first. So it's all together. Verse 24. And the threshing floors shall be full of grain. And the vats shall overflow with juice and oil. So the nations will come. The harvest is coming in. There will be an overflow of wine for joy. And there will be an overflow of oil for anointing. Verse 25, you know, the new wine. Verse 25, and I will restore and replace for you the years that the locust has eaten. The hopping locust, the stripping locust, the crawling locust, my great army which I sent among you. Oh, Moses was sent from God, and he brought a word. What's the locust? The thief comes only for to steal and kill and destroy. But I have come that they may have life. Was Moses sent? Yes. He was sent for a specific purpose, for a specific purpose time period and Jesus fulfilled it Jesus said all those who came before me are thieves and robbers locusts robbing, stripping eating everything up have you heard that before? all those who came before me he said I am the door all those who came before me are thieves and robbers. All those, says the Amplified, that came as such. So everyone that came and said, this is the way. 
that came before Jesus, thieves and robbers. Jesus is the tree of life. Before him came the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Everyone out of Adam, everyone speaking like Adam, thief and robber. Moses was sent to codify that word so that Jesus could take the punishment of it and destroy that temporary thing, take the death of it, get it out of the way, and establish the eternal word again. The kingdom of the Lord. I hope this makes sense to someone. So, everything that the thief has eaten, everything, this army that came, things are good and then just, it's like, there's just judgment and every, everything you try to put your hand on and yeah, here comes another locust. Here comes another thing. What's it, Proverbs 18, I think? Would you set your eyes upon wealth when suddenly it is gone? It makes itself wings that flies to the heavens. You just think, man, now I'm going to buy that thing. And then you have to pay an excess of insurance. <laughs> or you think, yeah, man, yeah, we're going to buy a camera for the church. We've got the money. And then something happens and it's just like, okay. But Jesus is faithful. He says in Malachi, I'm sorry I'm taking time, but he says in Malachi chapter 3, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. The stripping locust, the hopping locust, the thief that steal, kills, and destroys. Don't separate the scriptures. Just let it talk in one breath to you. God is rebuking the devourer for your sake. Every time when the accuser comes. Look at Zechariah chapter 3. Aaron standing there with his filthy garments. And there's Satan to accuse him before the Lord. And God says, the Lord, angel of the Lord, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. Not rebuke you, Aaron. Rebuke you, Satan, the accuser. The knowledge of good and evil. The one taking the knowledge of sin and pointing a finger and saying, look what he did. Jesus never rebuked the sinner. He always said, your sins are forgiven. He always rebuked the Pharisees that brought the accusation. Always. So he took away the filthy garments and gave him new garments. Took, gave him a new turban for his head. Isaiah 6 Angel came, touched his lips with the coals, and said, Your sins are forgiven. Now, go and say. The mercy comes, then the grace to speak. We receive the forgiveness. Then we take the word of the Lord and we start prophesying. We start saying the word of the Lord. The time is restored by us saying out of the eternal into the natural. And it manifests the, the eternal in our, in our time. I used to think in terms of, you know, God restoring the earth. I didn't even read it yet. Let's read it. Joel chapter 2. He says, I will restore or replace for you the years that the locust is eaten, the hopping locust, stripping locust. Oh, I did read it. 
and you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God who has dealt wondrously with you and my people shall never be put to shame. Okay. So now God is restoring the years. How does he do that? William asked the question and one day he said, if, if God is restoring the years to you, where are you going to put it? Do you know, what are you going to do with the years? Because if you think in terms of temporary, then you can maybe think he adds some years to your life. Okay? But he says you shall live and not die. So what are you going to do with years? But when you step into the eternal, the fullness of what is in there just comes. As you draw near to God and He draws near to you, whatever is the hope just floods your life. It doesn't take time to achieve it. It doesn't take effort to achieve it. It's like you plug your fan into the wall socket, boom, and it starts spinning. You don't have to build your own little power station to, well, you have to, in South Africa, you have to do that, but to make the thing, you just plug it in and it's there. Everyone has their own personal power stations on their roofs. <laughs> Except us. <laughs> okay. God is restoring the years. God is restoring the years. How can I put it? God is restoring time. God is restoring to you a new day. And this new day is called today. Today, says Hebrews chapter 4. If you would hear His voice, the voice of the Spirit that hovered, that created everything. Do, have you, do you have the voice translation? In the beginning was the voice. And the voice spoke and everything came. So the voice, the word can be translated the voice, the voice, the spirit speaking. Today when you hear his voice, in the now season, in the, when you see what he's showing you, when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. He's declaring a new time, a new day. And it is called today. Hebrews chapter 4. And you can enter his rest. The rest is, you don't have to toil for years to get something. You don't have to, he says, cease from your human labors and rest. Seated with Christ in heavenly places, resting. But now you've got to just declare it. What is the voice of God saying? Say it. Say it. Declare the vision. Make it plain. In, it, in its appointed season, it shall speak. It will not tarry, says the King James. It will not be behind hand. It will surely come. I really believe God is speaking. So as you draw near... You accelerate the process. That's patience, fruit of the Spirit. Trusting Him to do it for you quickly and speedily. He sends His commandment to the earth. His word runs 
swiftly. Amen. Okay, so that's <laughs> kind of what I have in my heart to say, more or less. Maybe less. <laughs> Thank you, Lord, for your grace. Lord, I just pray that somewhere in there was something that can touch a heart somewhere, something that can draw someone to the secret place. Lord, I pray, let everyone see the vast open gate that we can come through, the vast open door. Lord, I just pray, draw the church deeper. I just pray, Lord, let us see visions. Let us dream dreams. Let us uh, have the voice of the Lord, and let us declare it and let us see what God has for us. In Jesus' name, thank you, Father. Let the vision of God come in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Let us step into just a time of fulfillment of every vision in Jesus' name.